0: the hard shoulder. On News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan. Innovation that
1: excites. Well, last week, the European Union released their farm-to-fork strategy. It's part of the overall EU Commission's plan for a Green New Deal, focusing on developing fair, healthy, environmentally-friendly food systems across uh, the continent. Now, at the same time, the Irish Farmers' Journal released their annual agribusiness report in conjunction with KPMG, focusing also on sustainability, claiming that carbon-neutral beef and dairy farming is achievable. Well, casting your eye over both documents is Dr. Cara Gustenberg, who's here to talk about the changes that environmentalists want to see in agriculture. So, first of all, tell me, what what is the farm-to-fork strategy from the EU?
0: It's responding to the, the Green New Deal and, of course, agriculture has to be part of that Green New Deal. So they're not doing this because it's fun, but they're they're doing this because the current system of agriculture is unsustainable, particularly from a, a biodiversity point of view. We've seen across Europe uh, dramatic impacts on biodiversity and insect species loss. And, and so they're saying, look, we need to think of agriculture in a, in a different way. And so this new farm to fork strategy is, is really an ambitious roadmap over the next 10 years years to, to make Europe become a more environmentally sustainable farming model. And that includes by reducing chemical pesticides by 50% up to 2030, reducing the use of fertilizers by 20%, and at least 25% of agricultural land under organic farming management, which, which would be very ambitious in Ireland. We're around 1% organic farming at the moment. So that's a that would be a huge change for us.
1: OK, well, well let's talk about that, because, you know, farmers don't use expensive fertilizers fertilisers and pesticides because they want to damage the environment, but it improves the quality of the crop in terms of cutting out disease. And it also improves the the output in terms of nitrogen fertiliser, you know, that you get a better economic yield. So are the EU going to compensate farmers given, you know, that there are subsidies paid directly in relation to adhering to these changes?
0: Well, you know, farmers are under huge pressure to keep increasing yields uh, and the same amount of land that they have. And so they kind of get forced into using this extra extra fertilizer to increase their yields and and increase output. And and they're not currently rewarded at all for any kind of environmental measures they take. So, you know, the pressure is on to keep increasing economics and output. uh, And that comes at the expense of environment and biodiversity and climate and water quality and air pollution. So, this idea of of reimagining agriculture, and particularly feeds into this idea of of the common agricultural policy and and changing that to to somehow find a way to say, look, farmers who implement practices that are more sustainable environmentally should be rewarded for that uh, and and discourage them from this completely output and and product focus.
1: Okay, what did the Farmers' Journal Sustainability Report say?
0: A uh, mixed bag. It was it was interesting to read. Uh, I was excited that they were covering sustainability and, and particularly in the in the forward, uh, written by KPMG's David Mayer. It said sustainability will be a fundamental driver of change in agriculture uh, and and the post COVID agribusiness. And I suppose it's nice to see that that sustainability is now becoming part of of their their focus. Unfortunately. A big focus on economic sustainability, and and I think you know I take exception for that because because what is economic sustainability? Is it this idea that that GDP grows forever and ever, which is probably unrealistic, or does it actually include environment and and society and culture and all those things? And and they don't really define what they mean by that.
1: So so what what does the what does the report say in relation to? future changes in genetics and research and so on.
0: Well, the the argument that they're making at the start is that that agriculture hasn't been getting giving enough credit for all the things that they've done, and that Irish agriculture is very sustainable and at the forefront of this globally. Uh, however, when you go through the articles, well, there's some really interesting research going on, and some some really interesting prototype farms that are that are trying to to move toward this 2050 you know environmentally sustainable low carbon model. Um, they're always kind of siloed bitty little projects. And research uh, and look we're seeing across the board that pollution specifically from agriculture is increasing in Ireland so to be saying that Irish agriculture right now is sustainable on the basis of a few research projects and a few pilot farms is really getting into the territory of greenwashing and I think that's where environmentalists kind of get their backs up because while we absolutely applaud the work that's going on in these research pro- projects and in these uh, small-scale pilot schemes uh, we can't be using this as an argument that the whole system is sustainable.
1: But is it not the case that Chagask are doing important work in this area?
0: You know, Ch- Chagas have done some really interesting research, and I, I worked with them for a while when I was doing my PhD, so I, I I think they have great researchers in there. But unfortunately, their mandate right now is to answer ministers' questions, bring in research funding, and it's very much aligned to the current business model, which focuses on on output of product and increasing yield. And it's not about reimagining agriculture. And I, I think it was really interesting in the, in the webinar that the Farmers Journal ran, uh, where one of the the speakers was from New Zealand. And in New Zealand right now, they have a new uh, climate act, a zero carbon climate act that's putting a lot of pressure on agriculture to figure out how they they move to a zero carbon model by 2050. And and the speaker said, look, we didn't just start with how things are currently uh, operating in agriculture. We started with a blank page and said, okay, this is where we need to get to in 2050. Let's work backwards to figure out what we need to do to get there. And no one has really done that in Ireland. Nobody has said, OK, how do we do we get there in a different model? It's always about, you know, chipping away at the existing model, which which isn't really working for a lot of farmers uh, economically either. Farmers are under huge pressure financially and a lot of farmers aren't making much money, if, if any money. Uh, so so I do think we need to step back and Chagas would be a great Uh, body to be doing that kind of big picture thinking and and imagining a a new system for Irish agriculture that includes organic agriculture and less pesticide and fertilizer
1: use. So how sustainable is Irish agribusiness?
0: Uh, well, the the evidence on environmental pollution is saying it's not sustainable. So we've had, a, you know, only 53 percent of our surface water bodies in Ireland show satisfactory water quality. And the EPA has said that a lot of the deterioration is due to an increase in, in nitrogen runoff for agriculture. In air pollution, we've seen that ammonia emissions have risen steadily to the point that we're now exceeding our our EU limits for ammonia, and that's 99% of that comes from the agricultural sector. And obviously, in climate, our our agricultural emissions have risen 8% between 2015 and 2018, our last available data. So they're, they're increasing too. So as long as the data is showing that pollution is getting worse, I think it's impossible to say that the system is sustainable.
1: Um, But, you know, when we pull away all the greenwashing here, I mean, you really want to cull the national herd, don't you? (laughs)
0: Well... Well, the journalists love to say that, don't they? And I, I think this whole idea of culling the herd, I mean, livestock are killed every day for, for meat, and nobody is saying that they want a mass killing of of livestock. And this idea that it's a national herd owned by the state is is also uh, a little emotive. But, you know, and, and that is really frustrating, that there is this kind of shaming uh, of activists. The truth is, and I would agree with the IFA on this, they've called that a lazy narrative. And it is a lazy narrative, and it's coming from economists, largely, because the, the cheapest way to, to deal with this problem actually is just to, you know, drop half a million to a million cows. And that's what the Climate Change Advisory Council, which is largely made up of economists, has said. And that's what Robert Watt from the Department of, Ex- of Expenditure and Public Reform has said. But that's actually not what environmentalists have said. And if you listen to environmentalists, they're often saying that be- extensive beef farming in particular has a very positive effect on, on biodiversity in some cases. And the last thing they want to do is wipe out the beefs sector. It's really the intensive dairy sector that's more of a concern from an environmentalist point of view.
1: So who who is the sort of global role model for Irish agriculture? Because, you know, You know, you see a lot of factory farming in the continent whereby cattle never go out to pasture, you know, for beef fattening and for dairy production. They are all in these intensive units, whereas we have the natural paddock grazing systems and so on. So who who do you suggest we follow?
0: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, animal welfare is becoming more and more of an issue. We, we've we had kind of happier cows that are that are outside more. But now, as we've got these male bull calves being born in this intensive dairy system and and sold essentially as waste products, the, the questions around animal welfare are, are really uh, getting quite concerning for a lot of people. So I think we should try and retain the, the proud tradition of, of good animal welfare that we've had. And uh, it's hard to say who to model after, but certainly New Zealand is the only other uh, developed country with the same kind of carbon footprint as us, that, you know, this this largely agriculturally dominated carbon footprint and and the fact that they now have the Zero Carbon Act that includes agriculture, that's causing agriculture to really respond and they have even more stringent requirements now on water quality and nitrogen pollution. So I think we should certainly be looking to them to see how they respond to this new challenge uh, and, and, and perhaps model our own new climate legislation
1: on that And finally, you know, it seems to be all stick. What about a few carrots, a few incentives for farmers?
0: Yeah, and the common agricultural policy was really really going toward that. And it's unfortunate it's now been delayed an additional year so that transition won't take place until 2022. And we're we're kind of running out of time. But there was a really good example uh, last week reported that the Department of Agriculture is rewarding farmers who have participated in a hen harrier scheme because they've seen... A hen harrier scheme the the birds that the hen harriers that are that are in danger the birds that are have been in danger for quite a while and 1500 farmers from nine counties participated in in creating new habitat and trying to preserve the existing hen harriers uh, in their area and they've been very successful so the Department of Agriculture is now releasing 450,000 euros among the most successful farmers as a kind of bonus for their efforts so you know it would be great to see more schemes like that, that are really rewarding the farmers that are that are doing good things with respect to environment, biodiversity, and climate.
1: All right, my thanks to Dr. Cara Gustenberg outlining the EU's new uh, farm to fork strategy and saving the hen harrier in the process. My thanks, as always, uh, for giving us that uh, erudite edition of uh, down to earth. Uh, I'm sure farmers are taking notice of their changing landscape. Thank you the hard shoulder on Newstalk
0: with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan, innovation that excites.